little bit. <laughs> there we go. Asking Soul citizens to report for duty. And greetings, greetings, greetings. Welcome back to the Soul Citizens. I'm Griffin Gaming RPG. And I'm back today with a couple of my good friends, Fastcard FC and Nomad1701. Gentlemen, gentlemen, how are you doing? Nomad first. <laughs> <laughs> I am doing perfectly well. Thank you very much. Yeah, I was waiting on both of you guys to say great at the same time. Oh my God. Oh my God. They both, I'm they both. Wonderful. Uh, I'm mostly wonderful. Yeah. I have a okay. Yeah. I was, I was like two deer <laughs> yeah, in the know. headlights on me. They just left me hanging, y'all. Okay. <laughs> anyway, happy to have you guys here. Oh my goodness, we got just got a raid from New Soul Sounds. Thank you, oh, Raiders. Thank you for joining Raiders, us. New Soul. I, I, I want to know the name of those songs, but I'll hit you up with that later. All right. Thank you, New Soul. We appreciate that raid and also to uh, Anonymous Gifter, gave one community sub. So thank you as well for that. Thank you for kicking off the show with a great tone. Uh, thank you so much for that. Uh, speaking of supporters, uh, you guys just saw at the beginning of our show, we 
put out a little dedication there to a, a good friend of ours uh, and supporter, uh, Stingray67. Uh, Stingray's a member over at Test Squadron. We found out today that he passed this morning. We're going to talk about him a little bit more once more people are on board. But for those of you who may know him, uh, just keep him in your thoughts and prayers, his family. Um, we're going to miss him. Great guy. Um, and we're going to, like I said, talk about him a little bit later in the show. Um, but for now, we are going to uh, cover a continuing subject because we're getting near the end of 2023 or 2953, however you want to look at it. Um you know, we, we came up with this idea of doing this show called What Did We Learn? Um, there has been a lot to look back on over the past year in relation to the development of Star Citizen and Squadron 42. But then there's also like a bigger thing to look back on in the sense of this whole process of this development. And over the last few weeks, we've been talking about how one of the things that we hope that our show does for people in our community is keep them informed about what's going on, what's happened in the past, what may happen in the future, um, and also just to kind of build a, a stronger gaming community, not just the Soul Citizens community, which you guys are part of, but the whole Star Citizen community. And so I think that there are some takeaways that we can get from CIG. Um, and one of them is one that we hear every week uh, most recently over the last few years from Disco Lando, Jared Huckabee, uh, where he closes his show saying, what did we learn? So that's going to be our theme today, talking about different aspects of what we feel we have learned. Maybe some of you all in the group uh, will have some things that you want to share in the chat as to what you have learned as well as we go through these topics. So um, if you want to go along with us and when we hit the topic, when it comes on screen, if it's something that you've learned, feel free to put it in chat. Um, if, you know, if, if you just want to hear what we have to say, that's fine. Uh, but everybody I think is going to have a different story that well, that they're going to tell in relation to their participation in this process of building uh, star citizen. So let's go ahead and, and jump into it a little bit here. Um, and I, these guys are going to kind of share from their head is also maybe what they've written down. I'm going to do the same thing. Uh, but I want to open up with this first statement. Um, Disco closed out the last IAC. Uh, with this statement. Um, and it was after they did the whole thing about the uh, the salvage mechanic and the reclaimer and all that. And he opened it up by saying that the path is almost never straight, a straight line when it comes to development. Uh, when it comes to development, that it's not always a straight line. Thrakazog, thank you as always. We appreciate you for that uh, sub for 20, wow, 28 months. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for that. There's Whammer. That was the follow. I was supposed to be thanks for a sub, right? He's back. Whammer's, you know what? Sometimes we're in the middle of stuff, so I don't push him. But if we have time to drop him in, Whammer misses us too. So Lord of the Drip, thank you so much for the two community subs as well. Whammer's back for you too. Thank you. We appreciate that. Um, So yeah, I mean, did you guys I see ISC this week? Did you guys watch it? Yes. Okay. What did you think about that statement of, you know, the path of, for development? The path is almost never a straight line. I mean, it's, it's kind of intuitively obvious, but it's so obvious that people miss it, you know? So, yeah, yeah it's, it, 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 the path is almost never a straight line. It's going from A to, a to B in, in game development is, is you know, a, a whole lot of, it's not, a, you know, it's, a whole, it's more like a, 
Squiggly thing. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh no! You know that meme where where, where Chris Roberts is doing all these things with, with his hand. It's like yeah. that basically. Mm. Like that, like that meme. He's moving with his hands a lot. Okay. But yeah, so yeah, that, that, that's what I thought. Okay. No bad. What about you? Yeah, uh, uh, that's something that that always gets to me, especially with with Star Citizen uh, d development, the way people look at it, <clears throat> as if. If you uh, you 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 you're familiar with aviation, mm -hmm. and so you know the uh, a airplane has a a a path of predicted a predicted line, right? If I fly for another five ten minutes, this is where my plane will be. Right. Okay. And it's always a straight line, if nothing else changes. Mm. Good so example. obviously, if you're heading for a mountain, at some point you're going to turn. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But people look at that line. In development and say that's where it's going and it's going to hit a wall and it's going to be a disaster no it's going to change eventually yeah so it's never going to be a straight line if nothing else changes yes it will keep going in a straight line yeah. but it's always changing it's so it's never going to be a perfectly straight line I'm going to push back a little bit because everyone knows that the Earth is flat, so everything is straight. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I'm going to boost Fast Card up just a little bit. He is on a different mic tonight, so I am going to push him up just a little bit. He was a low at the beginning, so hopefully this will be a little bit better. Um, yeah, you know, um, you used a good example. You, you talked about if there was a mountain, right? And, and I'll, I'm going to push a little bit further, too. Um, a mountain is something that is on the charts, and we know that they have to make some adjustments. But I was thinking more like when there's a storm, right? Something that comes up unexpected. Um, and, and then there has to be a deviation. And sometimes when that happens, your flight gets delayed, right? Um, then there are those times when um, some of you all probably had this happen where you get on the plane and they tell you, we're going to arrive a little early because we've got, we're actually got a tailwind, which means that the plane is being pushed from the back and things happen faster. And sometimes that's unexpected. Something happens, something unexpected happens that accelerates the process of getting to where you want to go example of that would be when we got the whole um being able to do seamlessly flying from space down to a planet originally that was going to be down the road they said we'll get to that later but something happened that gave them that push from the back and sped up the process and made something happen a little bit faster than we thought but there unfortunately most of the time the things that happen are those storms right those things that pop up unexpected and you know Here's another, I think there's another key word in that phrase. He didn't say that the path of development is never a straight line. He says it's almost never a straight line, which means that most of the time they've navigated and figured out things, but there are going to be occasions where something deviates, you know? And so I think there's some method to the madness of why Disco does that every week. I think to a certain degree, we may be becoming numb to it because it's kind of like we, we expect it. But I also think there's a process of trying to drill something if you repeat it over and over that maybe people will finally, it'll start to resonate and it'll start to click that this is part of development. Change is a part of development and change is usually change is a very difficult pill to swallow. I don't care what it is in life, unless it's a change that you're looking forward to. You know what I mean? So a lot of times when change happens, it takes a little bit to do it. And I think that they're trying to constantly remind us of being aware that Things can change, okay? So let's go ahead and jump into these first topics because there are quite a few of them. Um, I'm going to go with you, Nomad, first on this one. Um, what have you learned about game development? I'm just going to keep it broad, nothing specific. You can narrow it down to whatever area, but 
I don't know, were you into software development before Star Citizen? Were you a backseat quarterback kind of, you know, <laughs> you know, just reading stuff? Or were you completely oblivious to the process of game development? What's something that you would say you've learned? And, and by the way, how long have you been in this whole Star Citizen thing? You got in back when? Uh, 2012. Okay. So you've been here for the whole duration. All right. So you probably got an interesting scope there. But what's something that you probably say is your takeaway of what you've learned about game development in general? Uh, game development is extremely difficult. Okay. Um, I've spent most of my career, well, I actually started my career in IT, in game development. I was not a developer. I'll okay. put that right out. I was just the guy who built back then in the 1990s, right? <laughs> Uh, I built the computers for the developers and the artists in, in a video game developer. We did mm. uh, Nintendo games, Game Boy games, we, and we started to go into uh, PS, PS, uh, PlayStation games. Mm -hmm. I was there at the beginnings of, of, of that as a technical support guy okay. in, in a couple of different companies. I moved to Texas and continued on desktop support for another video game developer. We did uh, the Terminator game uh, mm. for for Xbox and and PS3 at the time. And you know, so I'm I have a lot of friends who are all in their artists and the developers and programmers and engineers in all over game development. Mm. So I got a firsthand look at what how it how the sausage is made as 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 it were, and it is extremely difficult. It's very, very difficult. And what Star Citizen and what CIG is doing is opening up their opening up their walls to let you see how the sausage is made. And it's a very different experience. People can't people are having a hard time figuring out what's going on. They're showing you so much. <clears throat> and they're basically pouring their hearts out and say, This is what we're doing because it is a backer backed game. It's like here. Here is what we're doing. We're we're showing you, and that's never been done before. And we you know, say that over and over. This is open development. It's never really been done before, unless maybe you have some, uh, some kickstarters that maybe uh, people are are a little more hands on with the development process here and there. But this is a totally different animal, and um, and it's it's there's a lot of people who are just kind of still wrapping their heads around how and why they're doing the things they're doing okay. and um but yeah it, it's 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 it like he's like he said it's almost never a straight line mm -hmm. there's there's so much going on there's so many pieces that have to fit together mm -hmm. uh in the in when a development game especially something of this scale well let me let me ask you something since you said that and by the way we love you too drop yogurt <laughs> thanks for stopping by um <laughs> Strauss, thank you. Thank you for the subs. We appreciate you yeah. as well. Thank you so much. We truly love it. Love it. Love it. Thank you. Um, hey, so for the subscription. let me ask you this question because you said something that kind of triggered here with me. You said that sometimes the backers are trying to figure it out. Do you think that because we don't have, and I'm not saying we should, do you think that because we don't see the whole picture? that also kind of lends to the frustration. In other words, CIG is giving us a lot of good stuff, right? Oh, but let me give you, I'll, gi I'll give you an example. We talked about this yesterday on Voices. When the Vulture came out, 
we started, everybody loved the, not everybody, but a lot of people loved the vulture, right? <laughs> the one thing that people probably would say, eh, was about, was the whole idea of leaving your seat, moving the boxes, going back up, you know, the walking back and forth, right? Um, but then they put out now tier two of that, whatever, tier one, tier two of the, of the vulture, where they have a buffer in it now. So now you can mine and mine and mine and mine and mine until you get 20 boxes or 15 boxes worth of material, right? Don't have to get out of your seat. And now you can go back in the back and you can eject all your boxes at one time, right? Because I clocked, I clocked how much time I was spending moving from the seat to the back one time to fill up my chip with about 23 boxes. It took 30 minutes, 30 minutes of walking time. So do you think that because that later fix came, you know, I was frustrated. A lot of us were frustrated before. So, you know, do you think that maybe sometimes we are frustrated because we don't see the end of how things are going to go? You know, we don't say, well, even though they'll tell us, well, this is tier zero or this is tier one, you know, now that we've got the buffer, in fact, a little bit of madness came on yesterday and said he, he thought he was excited about salvage. Then yeah, when he did that mechanic, he said, forget this. And he says, now right. he loves it. And he's back into it because now he's seen the later development of that. So do you think that maybe that's why, because we don't see the whole picture that also kind of gives frustration and it can't tell us everything, but do you think right. that maybe that's the case? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's <laughs> what we're used to is when a game comes out, <laughs> excuse me, <clears throat> excuse me, please. When a game comes out, if when it's getting close to uh, beta mm -hmm. and release, mm -hmm. They start to tell you, this is what's in it, this is what's in it, this is what's in it. Mm -hmm. And the game comes out, and there it is. Right. <clears throat> I think a lot of people mistake information coming from CIG as, here's this new feature, mm -hmm. it's in, we're done, we're moving on to the next feature. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, this is just an iteration, they're giving you a piece, and that's probably not... It's definitely not going to be the final piece. Yeah. But since it is a game that is in that is playable, we need to get you pieces continually so you can start to iterate and play and continue to play. It is not meant to be, here's the final solution for this. Here's the final solution for, for salvage. Boom, we're done. Yeah. I think some people think that and they say, oh, you know, oh, you're going to cause your ship to kind of vibrate and poof. Yeah, it's a, it's a different mechanic yeah. to get a step toward what they really, really want to, the destination they really want to go. Right. But they have to give it to the player base. Okay. And I think a lot of people get frustrated because they think that this is, the this final. is it. Oh, this is it. They gave this. Uh, and what is this? Yeah. I don't like this. <laughs> let me let me let me let me jump in here because both a uh, boy named Doll and almost over went somewhere where I wanted to go to on this. I agree with you guys. In fact, that's the point. I'm not saying that the buffering system was the was in their plans. I'm saying they said, "Here's tier zero. Here's tier one. We're giving it to the community. Maybe we'll come up with something. Maybe the community comes up with something." And all I'm saying is we don't know what the end result is. And there are times when maybe CIG doesn't. So I would agree with you hundred percent. Maybe that's what it took because here's the kicker for me as a salvager, I didn't mind the walking. I thought it was like, eh, but it didn't stop me from salvaging. I was still salvaging. It did not fail. I said, okay, 30 minutes. Let me factor 30 minutes into the process, or maybe let me figure out a different way of doing it. 
part of your gameplay. Yeah, maybe I'll bring Nomad on and let him work in the back and we'll double the time. It did not bother me. The thing that it did do was for people who were not like me, people who were not salvagers, or maybe people who just didn't want to do that. And maybe CIG did hear the people like Little Bit of Madness and other people. And then they said, well, yeah, we've got our, 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 um, our, what's it called? Our analytics say that there's a certain amount of people that were doing this and now it's fallen off. And we've listened to the community, which we hear them tell us all the time. They go to Spectrum and they read. And maybe they said, hey, we got to refine this some more. So it goes to the next level. I agree with you guys 100%. I'm just saying sometimes we do know that that was not, let's put it this way. Feature complete is is beta. When, that's supposed to be what beta is called. When you go to beta, that right. says all the features you want in are in the game at that point. We're not there. And what, what, and what Nomad is saying is that a lot of times people think that when something gets dropped, that that feature is at beta level, that it's the final thing. And all we're saying is, is that, and I'm asking, maybe that's part of the frustration, is because we don't know what the end thing is or we can't see the end thing, that we get a little frustrated sometimes. Yeah. You know, and you know. maybe maybe she got surprised by that yeah. reaction. It was like, and they they came up and said, "Oh, you know what? Maybe we could do that better. Maybe we can keep people from walking back and forth because that go. might get to be monotonous gameplay." Yeah. Hey, I got an idea. Let's do this. Mm -hmm. And boom, yep. iteration. There you go. FC, let me jump to you now about game development in general. Was there over? You've been in here since what twenty one years short of uh, well fourteen. Okay, twenty fourteen. Okay. So yeah. what's, what's yours? You've been in here for nine years. What, what have you learned if there was something in general you learned? So uh, just a caveat, when I heard about this store, I thought it was something, everything that we learned this year. I didn't know it was going to be like for, for, for our entire uh, thing. So my thing is mostly con considered for this year. That's but fine. I can say something that, 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 you know, I learned knowing one golf swings in the game. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. Uh, developers? Uh, can get really emotional invested in the, in their project. I mm. do it on an implicit level, but you know, seeing the reaction of de developers during and after Sleeping Con, but mm. to an explicit level, especially seeing Chris Robert uh, at the end and seeing everyone, you know, seeing people, different people like uh, Todd Packy walk, walk up the stage and people almost giving him a chest bump, <laughs> you know, to celebrate thing. So, you know, it, uh, it, it, it goes on to, to a different point that I'll, I'll address later. But yeah, they're, um, they're, they're really invested in this, in this, in, in, in this um, game. But most of the time, like in, the, in game development, uh, people, you know, come and go. That, that, that is something um, generally it, um, it would happen in game. But this is a project where people tend to come in, stay, or, you know, it, it, it depends on, on, on on the um, on the job or what they got to do, but you know, mm -hmm. people tend to stay with the project for a while. Good point. Very good point. Yeah, I would say about game development, um, like like Nomad. I, I my computer history is old. It's old stuff, right? I'm, I go back to basic Fortran, Pascal, Cobol, and a little bit of C plus, and that's it, right? But not in the area of game development. Um, but I I remember some of the hurdles and difficulties of working within those systems. I can't even imagine. Game stuff blows my mind completely what they come up with games these days anyway. Um, but I would say the thing that I have learned is every time you think you know where they're going, something could happen to change all that. Even when all the indicators point that this is it. Uh, I remember, remember when we had those terms called the Jesus patch back in the day? 
Um, yeah, we still have it sometimes. You know, well, yeah, but we, yeah. people know not to use it anymore. But back in the day, um, uh, I don't know that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hey, uh, Drunken Lord, those are thank you for the follow. Um, remember when we thought that socks was going to be the final, or we thought that. Uh, what was it? I, what was the other thing that came up? It was socks and something I, else. I can't remember. Um, yeah, the iCash. Yeah, iCash. <laughs> yeah, and you know, but you know, and and I think sometimes even the developer may think it right, only to find out that nope, there's something else that needs to be done. Right now, we're leaning a lot on um, the PES, right, the persistent entity streaming, and 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 also making sure that the uh, rep, replicate replication layer and uh, server meshing. Right, those are like the last three big things on the table that we we've talked about that they've talked about. Um, will that be the end? I don't know. I, I'm too scared to say it. Right, I'm too scared to say it. Whether there'll be maybe there'll be something else later. I don't know. But um, but I have learned after being here, and I've been I've been following since 2012. I, I signed up in 2013 or 14. I can't. Remember. I never care. I'm getting old. Um, but over those years, I, and maybe in some ways, that's kind of what's made me be a little bit more. Forgiving, for lack of a better term. And I've learned to be that way. It wasn't that way in the very beginning, but over time, I think since 2016, to be honest with you, since the sandworm, I actually became forgiving after the sandworm. I really did. So, okay, let's go on to the next one here. Um, I'll start with you, FC, this time around. Uh, what have you learned about Star Citizen, in particular, the PU, the PTU, or Eva Cotti? Um, you know, I'm talking about actually, you know, the game that how we test. All that stuff. Uh, well, I, I took it to a different level, but uh, you know, according to Star Citizen Live, vertical vehicles do not work in this universe. But uh, now it's a Star Citizen fan. But um, no, uh, Quanta, in, in mm. particular, I, 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 that, that's why I, I wanted to take this. Mm. Um, Quanta is complicated and, and something. Uh, I'm, I don't think we're going to see. What we call it, NPCs to this level in um in, in an MMO. It's like we, we typically see NPCs to this level in in single player games mm -hmm. or maybe um co-op like limited um multiplayer, but not, nothing for this extensive to 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 an MMO. So I, I learned that you know that Tony G presentation was it three years ago, four years ago now that uh about Quanta is going to be really. Uh, impressive to, 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 to see um, when, when it's fully implemented. Mm. Okay. Nomad, on you. Um, I don't know. I, I've, I just look at it as, as one gigantic, one gigantic project. Um, there's nothing specific that I learned about PTU or Ibukati. Um, I just I I follow the game from a safe distance. Okay. You know. Um I I, I, I take in a lot of content. I watch uh, I watch I watch, you know, you guys, I watch uh Super Mac Brother, I watch uh, you know, I I you know, I, I, I take in as much as I can and then uh I just I just chew on it, you know. I I just have I, I guess I just have patience, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I'm really not worried. I've never really been worried about the about the project in general. 
I, I never have been. I, I've always had faith. Yeah, I, I start to like, you know, yeah, this is taking a long time. And I sit there and like, yeah, I am actually getting older, <laughs> you know, and, and it's taking a long time. But I, I observe the game from a safe distance and I see the, the progress mm-hmm. and I'm very happy with the progress from where we were, you know, to where we are now. I, I am still very excited about about this game, especially with, with Squadron 42 on the horizon mm-hmm. and what resources that's going to um, release that's going to come, all these things that are going to come over into the PTU. Um, that that part of it really got me excited okay. when, 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 you know, with, to, see, to see all those pieces and all that, all those mechanics come over and start to support the PU. That was just like, oh, I was like, all right, this, this is, here's, here's where, here's where we start going down the runway a little bit faster <laughs> to, to take off. Still going to be a ways down, but you, you, it's, I can, I can, I can sense it happening way better. And I'm, I'm very, very excited. And I'll just say that, you know, when I started the project, my hairline was here, now it's all the way back here. I don't know about you. Yeah, yeah. I, I had I had less gray, that's for sure. Yeah, really. Gray is definitely gone more. Yeah. Um I would say I've got I'll break mine down to all three of these categories, to be honest with you. Um I'll start with the Ivacati. Um I have learned that Ivacati is not necessarily something to be desirous of <laughs> um uh what the evocati do yeah what the evocati do exceeds what most of the backers think uh i remember when the evocati was implemented there was huge pushback from some of the community uh feeling that for some reason the evocati were gaining first access to the game that they were playing things and seeing things that we were not being able to do and we were backers just like them uh, why do they get to go in and do it and we can't? Um, and then you talk to someone who's Evocati and they tell you what it is they do. And you're like, no, thank you. Um, uh-huh. You know, to be told to log in and go to the clothing store and do nothing and buy clothes until we tell you to stop. And then they shut the game off. Or to tell you to put in the new launcher and just keep launching in and out of the game, in and out of the game, in and out of the game until we tell you to stop. Uh, <laughs> That's not playing the game. <laughs> That's uh, doing a whole lot of stuff that most of us would not care to do. So a, a special shout out to them because they are the first wave of people who take a very, very buggy, broken game. We complain about the PTU, but it is broken when they get it. And they put in many, many hours. And this is not, for some of them, it's been hours for years, literally for years. They have been doing this unpaid uh, to help expedite getting the game in. Um, the second thing would be the PTU. The fact that the PTU uh, is a very interesting place. Um, it is a place where there's a lot of excitement when patches come out, um, and understandably so, because we get to see what CIG is considering and working on, and, and, and it's pretty much hopefully honed to the place where they think it's releasable enough for us to see. Um, so that's always interesting to me. Um, and then there's the P, the PU. Uh, and the PU has been interesting to watch that grow over the last few years. I think in three years ago, uh, three or four years ago, our population was around 1.7 million. 
registered folks. And you guys know some of those are duplicates. We understand that it's not 1.7 people uh, across the board. Uh, but we're at 5 million now. And that's just within the last three years. Uh, and to see that level of growth happen and for people to be able to come into the PU and play the game and enjoy it, still have bugs, obviously. But um, the fact that this is still all under the banner of alpha is something, all three of those categories. And um, it's, it's still a very tough thing. We've said this before. It's a tough ride to go through this development process. Uh, but for me, it's been interesting on a historic level. We're going to be doing a show later on called Backers and Investors. Um, but on a historic level, I think sometimes that maybe the, we forget that if this thing is what we're thinking it is, Fastcart, you said it earlier, this may change the face of gaming. And to think that we are actually a part of it and have contributed to it and have added to it, whether your contribution is a comment on Spectrum or financial or the community, um, maybe later on that'll be the thing that comes out of this when it's all said and done. Maybe that'll be the cream that rises to the top that you can actually say, I was a part of that. You know, I remember when that happened. You know, it's kind of like I can say I stood in line for Star Wars in 1977, you know. <laughs> you know, you'll be able to tell somebody that, man, that game changed the way gaming was done. So that's that's one of my things, okay? All right, let's hop on to the next one. What have we learned about lore? No matter, go to you first on this one. Any lore in particular that highlights for this game for you or some particular lore that you really like? Lore is is something that's so deep. I I, I actually, actually never really <clears throat> pay too much attention to the lore aspect. Mm -hmm. I was more interested in just the technical aspects of the game. Mm -hmm. But the lore is so incredibly deep. Mm -hmm. That is, uh, it's it's amazing. I didn't realize how deep it was until you like, you, you you hear those guys on the lore team mm -hmm. <clears throat> talk about it. And um, it, you know, when when you know the lore of the background of what's happening in Squadron Forty Two, and how that's going to affect the the PU, mm -hmm. that that got me interested. That that piqued my interest. I was I was like, those connections that you make in Squadron Forty Two, due to the knowledge of the history of of the wars and and of and all the different companies mm -hmm. that 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 are that are developing ships and weapons um like like i like you know, like i said you know my my knowledge of lore is very basic mm -hmm. but it's but it's 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 so deep i couldn't i was i was amazed at how much effort they're putting in mm -hmm. so when this is released you're going to have there's going to be such a fleshed out story backstory to everything that I think it's going to make the game a lot more fun to play mm -hmm. because everything or, or most things are going to have a good reason of why they're there and it's going to be a fascinating um, you know a fascinating thing to see when you know it's just, it's just going to be a fascinating thing to see when, when, it's, when it's all said and done okay FC lore uh, I learned, well, successfully this year, I learned Molly is a force to be reckoned with. Mm -hmm. Don't mess with Molly, okay? No. <laughs> um, CRD was wrapping up their anti-alien sentiment and with graffiti and propaganda. I thought that was interesting. Uh, mm. Especially doing IAE. Yeah. I, I, that, that's something I learned this year. Yeah. But um, going way back, 
I think in 20, when I back in 2014, but I think in 2014, 2015, 2016, I decided to go back to each, go to the first post of, of Laura. And it took me like five minutes of, of scrolling down in, in, in the comments to, 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 to get to the very bottom. Mm -hmm. And it turned out that the first post was called Today. And, and, and when you click on it, it says, 2942 because they released it mm. in, 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 in 20 in, in 2012. Mm. So what that tells you is that that's when you figured out that the uh, in the game universe is now 30 years in, in the future. So we get to play around in, in, in the future and that's when you know that, that was the, the first you know that's the very first law post that CID she, she, posted. I thought that was that was pretty, pretty neat. Wow I gotta look that up. Yeah. Yeah, I, It'll take a while. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, in Charles, I think Charles DCI said something that was. I laughed when he said it, but it's true. He said he's learned that lore is also in alpha, which is true. <laughs> they are writing it and developing it. Uh, they've retconned some things, um, and I, I know I, I was reading what um, Moriar said earlier. Moriar, I, I agree with you. I get what you're saying, uh, but I would say don't completely ignore it. Um, there are some lore elements that are active in the game right now. Fastcar just mentioned about the stuff with Xeno Threat. Uh, when we went to IAE this year, we saw uh, aspects of lore that were scattered throughout the convention center and throughout Microtech. Um, there are some things, though, that do get modified and changed and updated. Um, and, and so, you don't, you know, you do have to be careful not to treat it as Bible completely because things can change. But that's one of the reasons why we have the Galactopedia. Uh, you can go back and watch, for example, those of you who are in Pyro, if you guys remember your lore from the earlier days, Pyro 3 was mostly a, a lava planet, kind of like a Mustafar. And they've changed that now. They've changed the dynamics of it. Uh, some people were a little disappointed. I won't mention who our Sith in the group uh, was looking forward to having his lava planet, but uh, that's not there anymore. But um, anyway... Uh, lore, though, is deep when it comes to Star Citizen, and it will be important later. You can, the good thing is you can play the game without knowing the lore, but I think that lore is going to be... The lore team's been around since the very beginning, literally. Um, they've been writing... <laughs> yeah, they've been writing this stuff for years. I mean, years. And to see the detail when you do start looking at it, it's pretty amazing to see what they've written and how much they've committed to it. So... Um, all we would do is um, just tell you to try to keep up with it somewhat. Keep up with it somewhat. I think you'll enjoy that. Go ahead, FC. Uh, I mean, before we move on, I just want to remember, remind people, like, I wouldn't say 2018, 2019, they held up a script, I think it was from Squad Two, and it was, like, bigger than a phone book, thicker than a phone book. And it's, I think I think they said it was printed single um, single line, double-sided, and it was still, it's still that big, so, you know, that, 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 that's a lot to, to be put, putting into a single-player game, and then leave it alone in, in, in most MMO. Yeah. yeah, it's good stuff. Okay. 1,500 pages, thank you. Yeah, there you go. All righty. Here's a good one for you. FC, this one will go to you first this time. What have we learned about CitizenCon? <clears throat> well, I learned how to spell CitizenCon because it has two eyes. Oh, no. No, I learned God, about... it wrong. Oh, my God. I got a typo. Oh, no. I got a typo in there. Oh. I got a typo no, I learned... Uh, I, I learned uh, a, a lot about stones and about hair, and I held the line that, from, from CitizenCon. So the stones and... Wait, 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 wait. Wait, 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 wait. This one, I'm going to push you a little bit. 
because you're keeping it limited to this year, and I really want you to expand the scope on this a little bit. Okay, so because you've, you've attended so things. So 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 so, yeah. So I, I, then I was gonna say, not only did I hold the line, I also answered the call because I was back in 2016 for the Bud Buddy Two trailer. So yeah, I, 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 I you know, I, I'm expanding a little bit, but yeah, um, about Tiffany Con. Uh, you've learned about the worm, everybody, we've known about the, uh, hey, you going, I thank you for the subscription for, what, 36 months, thank you. So, oh, we learned about the worm 2016, and we learned that it was on Leah's 3, and that was, was hoping for, for, hoping for the worm to be in, in, in a pew someplace, but we don't have access to Leah. Let alone Leah's 3, a lot of people missed that. So let me ask you a question, uh, let's go back a second. Does that lend itself to what Nomad was saying earlier? Because if you knew the lore, <laughs> you would have known not to look for this wormhole anytime soon. I mean, the worm, because we didn't have layer three, and people thought well, I mean, people and, thought and, and people that, thought that, it was coming out. True. People thought it was coming out, right? Okay, uh, some, some people were hoping it was coming. Yeah, out. that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, 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 one of the other things, like you know, you know how they told Manchester in in this year's um, yeah. uh, thing, and they and they thought, oh, Manchester is going to be in the game. Then it turned out that was just a, a live action thing. But mm -hmm. people thought it looked so looked so good. I guess that people thought it was in the game. I was one of the few who realized I saw, I saw the data said twenty twenty three at the bottom, so I knew it was like, oh, that's not the game. That's real life. But you know, people were, were looking forward to that be, be, being in the game someday. But I, I, I thought that was um, cool. Uh, but yeah, um, twenty for the two. Um, and I, I really enjoyed the, the updated um, demo. Not demo. What do you call it? Uh, the walkthrough or the flythrough. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, I th thought that was pretty cool. So I, I learned a lot about Stephen Con. That just you know. The presentation that, that I'm leaving the um the outside stuff like buses and stuff uh, for, for okay. later. I'm going to come back to you because you told me what you learned at CitizenCon. <laughs> so I'm going to come back and give you some time because I know you told me you thought about it just this year. I wanted yeah. you to talk about what you've learned about CitizenCon because you've gone to CitizenCons multiple times. So think about yeah. it, and I'm going to come back to Nomad, okay? All right. Nomad, you give me your thought. Whether you've gone or whether you've watched it, what is something that you've learned about CitizenCon? Okay, full disclosure, I've never gone. Okay. I'd love to one day, mm -hmm. but I always I always watch them. Okay. I never, I never, I, I never miss them. Mm -hmm. What I learned is that if, if there's nothing else you could take away from a CitizenCon, it is the passion of these, of the, of the people who make the game. You're seeing people who are presenting things, especially in these last couple of Citizen Cons. They're just they're developers, they're artists, they're, and these you know they're these people on stage are not Steve Jobs, okay? <laughs> they're not they're not mm -hmm. Elon Musk's. There's not people who stand in front of thousands of people and give presentations. They're not TED talkers. Mm -hmm. They are just like you and me. They put in a position to talk about the game in front of a passionate audience. And so if anyone can take anything away from CitizenCon, you're just seeing the heart of the people who are making the game straight from the beating heart of inside the game, of mm -hmm. inside the development. 
and um and these are real people who stutter and stammer who are nervous who are excited who say okay a hundred thousand times <laughs> you know that one guy who says okay 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 it's just they're people they are real people yeah. that are that are that are behind this game and i think really people need to understand that good point FC? Uh, I learned it takes a lot to put a convention together. That's mm. one thing I learned. Um, it takes a lot of hard work, uh, money, and cooperation from both the um, developers and the, and the community. So that's something I learned, especially like trying to especially get the two things to mesh together, especially when it comes to bunch of different, whether it's CIG um, endorsed or, or put together or, or community put, put together. It takes a lot of effort and um, and just you know know how to to, to really put it together because I put together a couple of bunch of citizens they were okay and they were like eh, it's not really my thing I'm not really a party planner <laughs> mm -hmm. but some people really go all out and that's their thing and they can really you know put, organize and, and and make something worthwhile. Yeah. Okay. I would say what I've learned. Um particularly after attending, we've FastCard and I have gone to three of them. And after going to this last one and after having some conversations at the end of this last one, I have learned that CitizenCon is just as important to the developers as it is to the community. They expressed that over the last three years during COVID, how much it impacted them as a company not actually being able to connect with us in a much more intimate physical way. Hence why they did the global bar citizens, hence why they promoted getting back together again. Um, that, that citizen kind of thing has become a part, I think of the DNA of our culture. The fact that it's a very unusual thing for people to get together for a game that isn't even out yet per se. <laughs> and, you know, people say it's out now, but I'm talking about citizen cons are going on back from 2014, right? Fast car. 2013, 2013, when there was nothing but a freaking hangar module, you know, um, it's pretty unusual to think that people will fly from all over the globe to meet up for a project like this. People spend thousands of dollars to come here. Um, and guess what? At least when we went this year, we got to play the game. There have been years where there was nothing playable. You just went and looked at some people talking on the stage and you went home, you had a few drinks and went home. <laughs> So the fact that that level of dedication from both the, the supporters and backers like us, as well as the employees that work at that company, uh, if you guys came to the virtual bar citizen last week, you'll see there are some CIG employees that faithfully come and hang out with us for six, seven, eight, nine, ten hours off the clock on their own. Um, so to me, citizen kind, like I said, conversations that some of the devs had with us, they expressed how much it meant to them to be able to in person talk to you guys, that it's not something that they take for granted. So that's my speech on that. One, okay. All right. Let's hit the next one. What have we learned about backing the project, AKA spending money or credit, whichever way you want to look at it. No, man, we're going to start with you on this one. What have you learned about that? Um, I've learned that it is a very important aspect to this particular game. Uh, 
we have people out there, all those people that you were talking about on stage, this is their job, mm. you know? It's so, um, it is a, it is a, a, a funded game. We're funding it. We're funding it. Of course they have, they have investors, I think, and, and whatnot, but we're, we are, we're paying for this game. We were paying their, their salaries. And so if I can help that in any way, I'd be glad to. Now, again, full disclosure, I, 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 I had a, a little bit of, of uh, personal money issues, not bad. A couple of years ago, I had to stop my mm -hmm. subscription, right? My monthly subscription. Mm -hmm. I'm about to restart it again because things have improved. I got smart and said, okay, let's do things better financially. Mm -hmm. And now I'm at a bit better, better position. I was like, you know what? I can restart that mm -hmm. and start paying my monthly thing again. And I'm happy to, 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 to do that. In fact, I'll take it a step further. And this might, this might irk some people, but this is my personal opinion. Mm -hmm. If they decide to say, okay, star citizen, you can gonna have to pay fifteen dollars a month mm. to play this game when it's released. Take my money. Mm. I will absolutely mm. pay that for now. I know the gamescape has changed these days, so you don't really you know, you don't play monthly for like the division or something like mm. that. But if if this is going to help continue development of the game, I'll gladly pay it for this for a, a project of this magnitude and a project of, of these possibilities so um yeah spending money you know do i buy all the ships no i buy the ships that i like mm -hmm. i have a small little fleet mm -hmm. and i'm glad to pay it i've still i still want my nutcracker redeemer mm -hmm. at some point i want to buy one because I, I just like it mm -hmm. i like the ship you know but you know i got i got you know i haven't played that much but i bought a, a spirit c1 mm -hmm. because it's beautiful mm -hmm. you see it behind me here yeah. okay i bought that <laughs> that's why it's there mm -hmm. <laughs> you know it's wonderful i went to iae i i walked on my own ship and i was like oh this is beautiful and i if i help back the game i'm very happy so yeah. spend wisely spend what you can mm -hmm. but you know it's it's a project that you want to back it back it if you don't don't Okay. But don't go buying the whole Legatus project and then thinking that you know, oh yeah, I'm gonna, I want to, uh, I want to mine with my carrot. <laughs> you remember that story? <laughs> you remember that story? Yeah. Okay. Listen, you guys don't know. Whenever we put together the people for the Soul Team, we try to bring on people with variety of different backgrounds and feelings. New people, old people to the game, and I want you to know that. Nomad is living proof because he said that he likes both the Redeemer and subscriptions. Okay, so he is the definite person who's different in our group. <laughs> we probably uh, are. <laughs> yeah. But no, that's fine. You know what? You know what, Nomad? You're not the only person who has ever said that if they went to a subscription model, they'd be like okay with it. And for some people, now we know CIG has made a statement they're going to avoid that. But there are right. people who have that sentiment. If you played Eve or some other games, some people are used to paying a subscription model and they say, how are they going to fund it? So if they had to do it, I'd do it. But I think we don't have to worry about that. The Redeemer, I don't know what, I don't know about that one. That's a matter of taste. I have no comment on that. I don't, I'm not mad at the Redeemer. It doesn't bother me at all. I'm just, I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. Uh, FC, what about you about backing the project, AKA spending money? 
I mean, Nomad uh, checked on this. He's, he's still part of my answer, but I mean, budget widely, you know, you, you don't need to become a concierge in, in, in two weeks. <laughs> right. And, you know, if, if, if you, and, you know, we, we, we did a show with our um, influencers, uh, uh, well, maybe stealing Griffith's answer, but, mm. you know, talking about hardware versus shipware. Where you know you want to have a decent PC in order to play Star Citizen. So instead of spending seven hundred dollars on a Odyssey, maybe you know put that toward a new uh, graphics card or or toward an, a new PC instead, so that you can um, play the game well. I mean, I mean, you, you can play pretty well on like a, a 1080 and and and, and a mid tier CPU. 16 gigabytes of RAM, you can play, but you're, you're, you're losing part of the experience if, if you do it that way. So yeah, yeah uh, budget wisely, uh, investing on some hardware, get good for referrals if you want to um, do a joystick or, you know, a, a keyboard and mouse, what have you. And yeah, to try to have fun. Um, I didn't spend too much this year outside of giveaways and citizen con. Um, but also learned that I'm pretty comfortable with my fleet, pretty much as is. Except I'm, I'm, I still want the the Mustang. That's the only thing I'm missing. Do you feel? And I want to keep this focused on the project overall. Overall, yeah. Do you feel that what you have spent to support the project is, you know, it was worth it all? Do you, do you feel it was? Yeah, worth I'm comfortable. It? I'm comfortable with it. I mean, I, I, every year I I I try to cut tabulate. What, how much money I put into the game and, and divided by month, and I'm still paying twice as much as a, as a normal subscription, like $15. I'm paying $30 a month as opposed to $15, but I'm, I'm fine with it because I'm happy fine and I get to hang out with, with a bunch of great yeah. people. Okay. Uh, what have I learned about backing the project, aka uh, spending money? Uh, that if you cross the $1,000 line, there will be no hope for you. That's one of the first <laughs> things I will say. Um, if you cross the $5,000 line, you are definitely need to be in rehab, uh, <laughs> because at that point you're probably going to hit the $10,000 line. <laughs> um, I think that a lot of folks who came on board with this, um, even if you were excited about the project, you may have saw a certain number in your head of, I'll probably spend this, or I might spend this, or I might buy that. Um, but what I've learned is that. Uh, there are two types of backers here. Well, there may be three. Actually, there are three, but I'll cover two. One of them are the backers who are very thoughtful about how they're spending money in the game. Um, they're very particular about what they will spend their money on. And they're also very much aware that it is about helping the development of the project. Uh, but then there are those other backers who lose sight of the fact that if you're spending money on the project, your priority should be because you're supporting the development. And quite often, that group of people are the ones who can often become much more frustrated, um, much more, yeah, frustrated um, because they're buying the ship. And don't get me wrong, I know we use that term, we all buy the ships, right? But really, you know, getting past the mark, <laughs> Lefty says, I'm investing. We are going to do a show called Backing and Investing, Lefty. Don't worry, it's coming up in January. Um, yeah. Um, I, 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 and, and you know what, Lefty, I'll give a little taste on that since you said it. Um, <laughs> we are investing. We are investing in something. We're not investors. 
but we are investing in something when this is all said and done. And hopefully we're investing in something that's gonna be pretty significant, uh, not just to ourselves, but to the gaming community. I'll leave that as the little clue for what the next show's gonna be next month. Um, but in the meantime, I mean, I, yeah, go ahead, Pastor Carver, you say? I mean, I, I've invested my feelings and, and, and you know, not, not hard and slow, but you know, mm-hmm. so, so a lot of time into this project yeah. and, I, and I feel it's worthwhile. Yeah, and you know what, there's a, there's a scripture in the Bible that says where your heart is your treasure is and we all kind of invest money into things that we believe in things that are important to us and for many people to your point fast card people are very passionate about this for various reasons some people are just excited because it's a new thing there are other people who are passionate about it because of the vision and the possibilities of what this game could be Uh, and some people have been looking for a game like this for years and they want to see it happen so AKA spending money um, is um, is a part of the project. Nomad, you said it earlier, uh, without the backers, without us, we would not be able to have studios and employees and even the vision itself. And it's, it's an interesting tie where money is a part of what we're doing and without it, you know, and I know sometimes we get frustrated and say, we're not spending any more money on Star Citizen. Um, and some people think that that will make the wheels of time speed up faster if funding stops, but I think it would actually be counter to that because we see what happens when funding stops coming into game companies. That means they have to downsize. That means that the project takes even more time. And, um, sometimes it means that a project never sees the light of day. So yeah. anyway, and I just, mm-hmm. I just saw something real quick uh, that old lefty mentioned that he says he's donating to the future of the gaming It's something I keep forgetting Yeah. that. Yeah that they're they're making a game systems that could be used by other games in the future and that's something i i always forget about i i have to be reminded of that so this is these are, this is a game engine that could be taken into other things beyond star citizen and it's very exciting it also could be other games that you're playing in the near future other than yeah, star okay, citizen exactly. right so you never yeah, know that's, exact, that's exactly what i'm saying yeah, yeah, yeah. Other, yeah. other things other than star citizen yeah it's, okay. it's gonna be amazing cool all righty moving on up uh, who had the last one? Was it a uh, fast card? Or no man had first. I guess I go FC. You had the first one last time, or were you last? No, last I had the last one. All right, so you're first this yeah. time. What have you learned about the Star Citizen community all these years? And I think you'll like it. Like this answer, uh, it's like it's still such a joy to watch folks experience their first Star Citizen experience, whether coming from dangerous or, or you know migrating to Star Citizen. Or seeing even the soul team at experience the first citizen con. That was such a joy and wonderful to see. And uh, it, it, it really, I, I mean, I can't really put it into, into words uh, other than that. It was just like, especially seeing like Yo-Yo and DVG and everyone having fun. I shouldn't name those two, but everyone, you know, who came and, you know, it, it was uh, an experience, a great experience, especially when we were all sitting at, at a table, I think it was Fresh Fletcher's or Fleming, Fleming. Mm-hmm. And we took that picture and everyone, you know, was hanging out, having fun. And, you know, I, I, I never get tired of it. Okay. No, Matt, how about you? What have you learned about the Star Citizens community after all these years? This this has to be some the most incredible social experience 
I've had in in a while. I I you know I'm single. I've never been married. You know I live a, a relatively solitary life. Mm -hmm. But if I look back, most of my most of my social activities is around Star Citizen. Here I am with you guys on a Twitch stream, mm -hmm. invited to join Soul Citizens. I was on a virtual bar citizen last week for an entire day. Mm -hmm. A couple of weeks before that, I was at a local bar a few minutes from me, <laughs> hanging out with other uh, Star Citizen backers. There's a guy I keep running into at the supermarket uh, in, in my town. <laughs> he has a Drake shirt, and we always stop and get into conversations. And I saw him again at the UPS store a few weeks later. <laughs> and And it's just like, you guys are, are 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 a big part of my social my social interactions, and I look forward to to hanging and being uh, being with you guys. I have I have friends that have nothing to do with gaming, but I see you guys more than them, and they live all around me. I see them at church. I see mm -hmm. them here and there, but I spend more more time with the Star Citizen community than I do with 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 any with anyone else socially and mm. it's it's, it's mind-boggling and it's fantastic mm. it's cool um for me it's it's interesting i've been in a few gaming communities i was in one for everquest 2 and i was a uh, over org in star wars galaxies uh i was in an org in elite dangerous i was in an org in eve and this particular community, what's been interesting about this community for me is not only am I in an org in this community that I've been in since 2014, I think, uh, 2014, 2015, I've been in that org this whole time, but my friendships extend outside of that org, which is unique because usually it's just the folks in that org that you hang out with, but I know people who are in other orgs and other, some of them aren't in orgs. You know what I mean? Uh, the fact that I've connected with so many people to me, that kind of makes this whole community experience very different. Um, also the, the, um, obviously the growth of the internet and social media has changed things from 10 years ago when, you know, uh, 12 years ago. Um, and the fact that not only am I watching somebody like a Paul Shelley, but that I also can meet a guy like Paul Shelley you know, um, or talk to him on Discord. You know, there's all these different dynamics. Normally it would have just been the people in my org. That would have been the bulk of my communication. So the fact that there are people who come and hang out with us that are from different orgs, and there's not this rivalry thing of, oh, you're in somebody's org, you can't be here. You know, um, when we went to CitizenCon Fastcard, the marketplace, right? Everybody in the different orgs came over and talked to people. Nobody was so... You know, it wasn't like the, the people from ADI weren't talking to the people from TEST. I mean, it's just a different feel altogether. And maybe it's because we're all taking this journey together. You know, in a, in you know, some people have been here, like, you know, Matt, for since the beginning. Some people have just come in. Uh, Fast card, you were talking about the Soul Citizens going there. You know, Yo-Yo Meg's been in the game like two years now. You know what I mean? Right. And, and she's an up-and-coming streamer. And she got to come in and be welcome and embraced in the community just as much as us old guys who went to our first citizen kind back in 2016, 
you know and she even said she said almost oh, she thought she's worried about whether it's gonna be kind of clickish or certain people would gravitate no everybody was just like hey what's up you know um it's a different feeling in this community and like all communities we have our issues and we have things that we're going to wrestle through and struggle through but one of the things that you do hear people say when they come in is how nice this community is you know how how, how open it is open and helpful, how diverse it is helpful to people all that stuff you know so that's something that we've got and we've got to fight to hold on to that we really do because uh God forbid, I wouldn't want it to slip into some I mean, I've seen. come launch day, it's going to be tough. <laughs> All those people yeah, coming but in. But you know what? I, I agree. I it, mean, it'll be better, though. Well, you know what? We're a minority, right? I mean, when I say that, I mean, in the sense of 5 million people is not a lot of people if this thing exponentially grows, right? Let's say that the community grows to 20 million people signed up, right? Or 15 million people signed up. Uh, the All of us OG, that means all you guys will be OGs. You'll be a part of the minority of the community. But it is important, Fast Card, to your point that we lay a good foundation, right? Because everything gets built on that. And if the foundation's funky, if we're funky now, it's good. You know, if the cracks are already there, then later on, when the community does grow, we will have to work even harder, you know, to keep things together. So, you know, y'all better preserve what you got. You got something good. Don't be saying, man, we didn't know what we had when we had it. You know, <laughs> you know, that's that's the thing I'm gonna say about that one. All righty, let's move right along. Here we go. What have we learned about CIG? Uh, this one's on you, Nomad, I think, or is it on? Yeah, it's on you this time, I think, right? Uh, yeah, I think, yeah. Um, that's a hard one because I've just been with them for so long. Mm -hmm. um, I've learned that, that it's a, a company that's that is a developer. Like we were talking about before, about building a, a game engine. They're, it's like they're kind of morphing into a game engine developer. Mm -hmm. All these tool sets and all these, all these things that they're building in the background, as I said before, are gonna be useful to, in other games and other genres. Um, and so they're building they're building a, a company that can go into the future with something more than just the PU and Squadron 42. You know, they they can they can sell their their talent and their technology to other companies mm -hmm. and and push gaming forward. The things that they're gonna do with, with this game is going to push gaming. If if other companies start to adopt these type of things, uh, these type of systems, it's going to push gaming. It's just going to push things forward to a, an unimaginable, an unimaginable uh, way, and it's going to be it's going to be nothing but greatness for gaming here on here on out. So CIG is a, is a very smart company. It's something that I don't really realize when I'm watching them, you know, you know, Chris Roberts has morphed from movie director to game developer to, to, uh, you know, to, to what, what he's doing now mm -hmm. and is building something for the future of, of gaming and of development. And, um, and, uh, yeah, CIG is a, is a very, very interesting company 
that's doing things that that no one else has really has done uh in in, in this has ever done really before okay fc so i got my this year answer and my overall answer my overall answer is cig is still growing it's kind mm. of growing since mm. the beginning they started with you know a handful of people i want to say less than 50 in 2012 and then they kept on expanding and then like i want to say 2018 i want to say 750 in 2018 and then 1100 2020 or, 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 or well no that closer to this year 1100 this year but they, they 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 want to go up to 1500 and you know going from 50 to 1500 is a big deal especially for for, for a company like that so a crg is still is still going um, I got to hang out with um, a bunch of developers at the, at the Cantina Bar in LA at the Citizen Bar, and I really got to see how they cut loose when they aren't under pressure, or after they've been under tremendous pressure, and, they, and you know what we call an under pressure was over. So you know, Jared keeps trying to sort these dead with just regular people, and I just I I, I got to I got to see that in, in action. So I, th I thought that was neat, you know. But what happened in the Cantina Bar? Stays in the container bar until uh, Galactica posted on social media. <laughs> okay. I'm going to ride a little bit on yours, FC. Uh, what I've learned about CIG is not only are they a growing company, but they are like a business. And like all businesses, when they're growing, sometimes they get it right and sometimes they don't. Um, I think sometimes there's an expectation that every decision will be the right decision. And to your point, Fast Car, when we kicked off the show, that there will be a straight line, right? <laughs> you know, even with the roadmaps and the progress trackers, that there will be a direct to. And then when something happens, sometimes it's, a, it's just something out of their control. Sometimes it's um, a technical issue, right? Technology just does not permit. Sometimes it's a process issue of um, the way something is implemented. Sometimes it's just a plain old, what we call bad decision. Um, we've seen that. We've seen times where they've said some things that, ooh, CIG, that was not the right thing to say. Um, or, <laughs> carrot killer. Yeah, you know, yeah, carrot killer or, you know, we've, we've just seen, and you know, they're human. Maybe that's what I've learned. They're human. And, That's true. and, yeah. and, um, you know, obviously we don't want to see a lot of mistakes cause you know, there's, there's money invested and there's time invested, but, uh, the fact that, you know, they, they, there's, there, they, there's more successes than failures from, as far as I'm concerned, there are more successes than failures, but because I was a business owner, I've, I've had a couple of businesses and I did well <laughs> with the businesses that I started, but I also remember, man, there were some decisions I thought were spot on and it worked or, you know, I faux pod, something was messed up, you know, or I got set back, um, that happens in business. And so to your point, fast card, starting out with, I think there was like eight, 10 people. I can't remember how many there were in the very beginning. It was, it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was some small amount of people, but to watch it grow to where they are now acquisition of of um, turbulent, they're thirteen hundred. Like you said, they want to get to fifteen hundred. Um, we've been able to watch them grow, and for many people who may have come in in the years you're talking about, fast cart, like when it was around 700, 800 people, you know, that's kind of a for many studios, that's a huge studio. You know, some studios right. are much, much smaller than that. Um, 
but they're also taking on a very ambitious project, multiple projects simultaneously, not to mention whatever else they could be doing and brewing. Um, you know, everything from, like you said, Nomad, from building tools, right, to working on uh, the next two games that they've told us about, and maybe any prospects of things that could happen later. Partnerships with Amazon, partnerships with Intel. They got a lot going on, um, but we'll see how this all pans out. But the thing I have learned is they are a company that is growing, uh, and we're taking that journey with them, both in successes and sometimes when the failures happen. Okay. All righty. We are on the very last topic, believe it or not. This one's going to hit these guys a little differently because it's an introspective question. What have you learned about yourself? <laughs> as a backer and those of you in chat if you want to chime in on this we're reading the chat as we're sitting here so we're catching all this cool stuff you guys are saying but as uh, as a backer fc i'll go to you first on this one what have you learned about yourself so, you know 10 years into or eight years nine years into this project what have you learned learned that i'm patient i am willing to have uh, wait for th good things to, co to come to those who wait as the saying goes i've been waiting for my bmm we're waiting for the endeavor and uh, i've learned that i'm i'm patient as opposed to like you know this day and age where so many ga gamers are, are impatient they want everything now 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 and you know uh, that that uh, i'm not trying to say it surprises me but you know i think that's something that sets me apart from um most gamers, not just in, in Star Citizen, I'm talking about ga gamers as a, as a whole, so I'm, I'm patient. But there are still some things that I still can be impatient about, like the FHC Lightning sale. Mm -hmm. um, when it became available, I was surprised, I got, I was really surprised that it would became available. I immediately jumped on it. And Jay, thank you for um, giving me the, the, the golden ticket for it. But instead of, um, Instead of getting the $300 credit one, I decided to wait it and got the 260 more. Um, but I was going to Citizen Card. I didn't know my budget would be like after Citizen Card. And I, and you know, Golden Ticket thing was only for two weeks. So my impression was that the FAC Lightning was only going to be available for two weeks. But then they said later, after I already gotten it, that it was only available for a month. So I was, that was the one time my impatient bit me in the butt, so, you know. Um, oh, by, by the way, my FHC Lightning does have 120 months insurance on it now. People should check their hangers. Those are still rolling out. I'm going to challenge you that you weren't patient because if you were patient, you'd have waited for Squadron 42 and earned it that way. <laughs> no, no, no. Because the thing is, I, I said it before, like they, they said that, you know, it's coming out for Squadron 42, you just got to complete it. Right. I don't know what the plan is, so I'm paranoid that they're going to say you have to complete it on hard mode or yeah. you have to complete it on insane mode. Right. You'd have to, to be patient. You'd have to be patient and, and work like, to there's it. no way I was going to You'd have to be patient and work to it. See, that shows you had no patience. I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. Okay. All right. Uh, Nomad, how about you? What have you learned about yourself after these uh, 11, 13, 11 years? 11 years. What have you learned? I've learned that I don't really use my brain. <laughs> okay. I, and there's a, there's a reason. I Everything I do in the game is for my heart. Mm. I, 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 I buy ships because I like the ship. I very, very, look at the, very rarely look at the analytics 
what kind of shields does it do? What kind of roles is it going to have? What is it, you know, I've, I've, I've been scolded by people sometimes, you know, it's like, well, what are you going to do with that ship? It's not going to have this and this and this. And I said, I know. I bought it because I like it. You know, uh, I, I bought my, my uh, Mercury Star Runner out of pure passion. Mm. Okay. Pure passion. Never being able to get my Millennium Falcon in <laughs> galaxies. Mm. And when and when I realized what this ship was, mm -hmm. I immediately bought it. <laughs> it had been out for a while. It had been it had been sitting there for a while. I love I like telling this story real quick <laughs> because when when I saw it, I was thinking I wasn't paying it great attention to new ships coming out. So the images started coming out of this cool looking little ship. Mm -hmm. And I say little, uh, that's a very <laughs> important word, little, because I had maybe just recently saw The Empire Strikes Back. Mm -hmm. I thought it was a snow speeder, something that barely fit two people. Just the shape of it. And it just, I just wasn't paying attention to it for months. Mm -hmm. Okay. Until one day, I saw a picture of it sitting on the ground from behind and the ramp was open and I saw it. And then I saw this little person underneath it and I literally <laughs> gasped. I was like, oh, oh, that thing is huge. <laughs> I bought it the next week. <laughs> okay. I was that passionate about it. So I bought it with my heart, not my head. That's why I bought the C, the Spirit C1, because I like, if there's going to be any analytic from me, I want to focus a little bit on cargo running, mm. not huge hull E type expansive card, but I just want to run some cargo. Yeah. And so I saw the Spirit C1 and I was like, perfect. I want that. Boom. Got it. You know, I, 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 I I've talked about the Redeemer. I just like it. I don't like the Nutcracker engines. Okay. I really don't. But the rest of it, I really, something about the shape language, I, I really like it. And I really want one. I like the interior. I like the way the interior is laid out. I just like it. Okay. And so I tend to back with my heart, not my head. Okay. But I temper it. I temper it. <laughs> So, but that, but it, seems, it seems like that's the only ship that stole your heart like that was your MSR. Is that right? I mean, oh, that's the absolutely. One that stole your heart. Absolutely. Okay. I bought other ships. I had other ships before, but that one grabbed me. It's like it was like a punch in the face. I was like, I have to have that ship. It was purely out of heart. Okay. Fair, fair enough. I can't be mad at you for that. Huh. Uh, let's see. What do I want to say for me? What have I learned? about myself um i'm i'm what i've learned about myself in relation to this is the level of commitment that i've had to this game and the community uh i want to go back on something you said earlier nomad about how much time you find yourself investing in this thing and i do have like you i've got people outside of this and friends and a whole bunch of people but it is amazing to see how much time I invest in <clears throat> sometimes just coming into discord and just hanging out and I might be working on this end of this, uh, of, of the computer on something entirely different, but I'll still find myself sitting in a room or when I'm driving in my car, I'm listening to someone's YouTube video or someone's Twitch stream. Um, I 
really am amazed at how much this is around me a lot. Um, some of it is due to what we do here, you know, to keep up with things and research. But then there are times when I ask myself, if we weren't doing this, would I still be doing it? And there's a part of me that feels like I still would be tuning in to all the shows and listening, you know? Um, so the fact that it is consumed so much of my personal time and, but also my personal commitment to being here is something that has really surprised me, um, has a huge impact on me and the people have had a huge impact on me. So that's probably the thing I've learned. I, I don't think I ever thought I would get that deep into a game. I was, it would Star Wars Galaxies. I was really in Galaxy, man. I had so much stuff of books and notebooks and, but, but this is on a whole different level of where I am. Um, and uh, that's, yeah, you guys have had a big impact on me. Probably it for that one. Okay. We had some interesting comments that were in here. Do we have any questions, Fastcart? No, nope, I, I just looked it up. There. No questions. No questions. Wow. Okay. People have been saying a whole lot of stuff. I think it was. Well, the dead one question in chat. Like, someone asked me, have I ever bought a ship out of Kulas? And I said, the Temple Ranger. But other than that, not really. Yeah. I know your answer is just 600 I. So. Yeah, 600 I was my, uh, my, my passion by Nomad. Like, I've told the story a million times to the folks here. Uh, we were at uh, VerseCon and, uh, in Austin. Fast Cart was down there. And that commercial came on. First of all, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a musician, right? I played violin, like trained for like 11 years. So it opens up with that whole violin thing and everything, you know? And man, when that thing popped on the screen, I was like, I don't care what this does. <laughs> I'm buying that ship. There was no interior shots. There was... There was nothing that said what the 600i was. All I knew was I want that ship. So that was my passion when Nomad uh, was buying the 600. Uh, I, I laughed it. I think it was almost over when the question came up about what have you learned about yourself? And I think he said that I have no self-control. <laughs> I think that was his response. You're in the other one. But yeah, that was it. Um, okay. We have hit all of our very cool questions and um, we want to kind of remind you guys about this again um, statement that Disco made last week on ISC at the very end. What have we learned? The path is almost never a straight line when it comes to development in this project. So hopefully that'll be something that we will keep in mind uh, as we continue on this journey to Star Citizen and Squadron 42 and whatever else CIG may have lined up for us in the future. Okie dokie. Well, we can uh, move on to our final pieces here. Uh, hopefully you guys did learn something about what we talked about today. You guys threw up some really cool stuff. I'm trying to read so much stuff that you guys were putting in the chat there, <laughs> but a lot of great comments of things that people have learned about this project. Um, let's talk about what we've got coming up. We have a few things coming up. Uh, FC, you want to talk a little bit about uh, what we got coming up this week? Yeah. Hopefully. Thursday, Hopefully. Hope, Thursday <laughs> 9 p.m. Eastern, 2 a.m. UTC. Hopefully, we have a total talk if I can get my PC up in the morning again. But yeah, that's what we cover. What's going on this week in Star Citizen? We cover ISC. We cover Star Citizen Live, or Phase 1. Uh, cover the sneak peek. And this is your chance to come in and talk with me or I, because we're more of a roundtable discussion and give us your thoughts about 
the different topics and issues that, that came up that week. So yeah, that is Soul Talk on Thursday, not to mention 2 a.m. and Tuesday. Awesome sauce. And uh, on Saturday, uh, this Saturday is going to be what, the 17th and the 16th? I think I'm free. We'll be having soul voices. Um, that's our one-on-one -on -one show where you guys get to come in and talk and share your thoughts on topics we pick from Spectrum and Reddit. Cool places like that. And you get to come in and talk one-on-one. -on -one. You have the whole floor to yourself and come in and talk to me about your thoughts about aspects of the development and the project and all that good stuff. And we will do that on Saturdays at 3 p.m. Eastern time. Hopefully you guys can join us for that. Next Sunday, we are going to be doing our holiday special a week earlier than usual, but that's because we are going to give you and the soul team a break off for the holiday for Christmas Eve. So we will not be Wait, doing we're not, show. we're not working on Christmas Eve? No, 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 <laughs> we are not. We are going to allow people to enjoy their friends and family or their isolation, whatever it is they want to do on Christmas Eve. So next week we'll be doing our annual uh, uh, holiday wishes show. Uh, where folks from the team will come on board and talk about um, the things that they're going to be wishing for, for next year, for Star Citizen, for the community, all that good stuff. That'll be going on next week. So hopefully you guys will be able to join us for that. Um, other than that, I think we covered everything, if I'm not mistaken. Um, we are going to, um, uh, just real quick, uh, we opened up the show today talking about we had the loss in our community. Uh, a good friend of ours, he's a member over at Test Squadron. He has visited with us many a times. He has subscribed to us, supported us. Uh, he catched me almost every week when I talk to him and he said, Griff, I watched your show. Really enjoyed what you guys do. Sweetheart of a guy, uh, Stingray67. Some of you guys have seen Stingray in the chat before. Um, never got a chance to come to a citizen con. He wanted to be able to come and make it to one, uh, but we lost him today. He passed away this morning. Uh, our condolences to his family, his wife, Jennifer, he has, uh, I think three children, uh, and just such a loss. Uh, and I, I sat around for a little while and all I could think of is how much we know each other. And then also at the same time, how much we don't know each other. Um, you know, you get a voice that's so familiar and friendly and you hear them every day and you think you really feel like, you know, that person but you never get that chance to meet them one-on-one, -on -one, to shake their hand or hug them or see them laugh or smile. So, you know, once again, condolences to the family. Uh, we've had, that's another loss within our community, uh, but Stingray will always remember you and hopefully we will see you one day in the verse. So we want to give that love to him and his family. Um, we're going to send you guys over to Maiden Ariana for our raid tonight. Don't forget to check out our merch, follow us on our live streams. Hopefully you guys could join us next Sunday. For our final show for 2023, 2953. And uh, as always, we tell you guys, as usual, uh, peace, love, and soul. Take care of yourself. Stay safe. We love you. And we'll see you real soon. Take care. Good night. Why not?